does Wednesday the 13th make you tremble in fear? What about the fact that we're now 110 days away from Halloween? Or perhaps the fast-paced motion of a rapidly revolving world has you dizzy. Either way, we're all still supposed to be in the middle of the days of haziness and laziness, but somehow craziness abides each and every day. Charlottesville Community Engagement intends to bring some focus on the ever-changing landscape. I'm your host, Sean Tubbs. In today's program, a new health partnership is sponsoring an event this Saturday to promote better health outcomes. Several area organizations receive funding from Centara Healthcare. Inflation is up, as measured in the latest update of the Consumer Price Index. An update on the Seville Plans Together initiative, as well as a status report on the development of the University of Virginia's next master plan. And time is running out to fill out the latest survey in Albemarle County's Comprehensive Plan Review. In today's first Patreon-fueled shout-out, have you been thinking of converting your fossil fuel appliances and furnaces into something that will help the community reduce its greenhouse gas emissions? Your local energy nonprofit, LEAP, has launched a new program to guide you through the steps toward electrifying your home. Thermalize Virginia will help you understand electrification and connect you with vetted contractors to get the work done and help you find any rebates or discounts. Visit thermalizeva.org to learn more and to sign up. Lots of stories today with one big thread, master planning. The University of Virginia is in the midst of updating its master plan, which is to be known as the 2030 Grounds Plan. Those meetings are not open to the public, but the documents and presentations are available for your review. According to a presentation at the June 15, 2022 meeting of the Master Planning Council, the next plan will integrate several recent plans, such as the 2030 Great and Good Strategic Plan, as well as sustainability goals. The first phase of the plan's update began last summer, and the second phase took a look at big ideas, system plans, and redevelopment zones, one identified opportunity is to improve the grounds city interface through ongoing collaboration and cooperation on sustainability, equity, and community well-being. That's on a bullet point on slide 11 of the presentation. Big ideas include the goal of requiring second-year students to live on grounds, creation of mixed-use nodes, including one at Fontaine Research Park, and the creation of transit priority corridors. The presentation also includes maps for where future parking structures might be. In June, the Buildings and Grounds Committee approved an update to the UVA Capital Plan to include a $54 million, 1,000-space garage. Potential locations could include the Fontaine Research Park and North Grounds and two other locations, though those are not necessarily tied to the action of the Building and Grounds Committee. See slide 28 for details on that map. In the third phase, which is underway now, that will see the beginning of the drafting of the actual plan. Both the Master Planning Council and the Land Use and Environmental Planning Committee were asked what they thought of the big ideas and what was missing. The LUPEC Committee is a closed-door body of Albemarle, Charlottesville, and UVA staff that was replaced with what had been a public body in late 2019. Development of the 2030 Grounds Plan will continue through the rest of the year. 
The Charlottesville Planning Commission got an update on what's happening at one of those nodes from Bill Palmer, their non-voting representative from the University of Virginia's Office of the Architect. This is from the July 12th meeting. Ivy Corridor, big construction site down there, continues the School of Data Science is the, the building you see coming out of the ground now, a lot of steel in that one, um, as well as the, the landscape, the stormwater pond, which I understand held, held, good, held well in the rain last weekend. How does all of this compare with how the university markets the Charlottesville area to its students and faculty and others? Take a look at a video from May of 2018 in a link in the newsletter. A series of speakers extol the virtues of this place. Here are two of them. The university feels like a major part of this community in town. There is this separation, but also togetherness. You want to be part of a community that is constantly evolving, not in a rush, but gradually, so you can piece the place together and make it work for you. You recognize that last voice? Albemarle County is in the first phase of review of its comprehensive plan with an eye on a growth management policy that's been in place since 1980. A second questionnaire on the policy closes on July 17th, and Albemarle's Communications and Public Engagement Office produced an explanatory video. Here's the narrator. The growth management policy is one of the tools we use to implement the county's vision by helping us to make intentional decisions about how and where we grow and what areas are protected. The video states that one purpose of a growth management policy is to ensure that there are services for a growing population, including the provision of water and sewer services. The majority of new residential, commercial, retail, office, industrial, and mixed-use development is intended to be within the county's development areas. The rural area is envisioned to have limited residential development. Different community groups are also encouraging community members to fill out the survey. The Forest Lakes Community Association reminded its members of the basic gist of the growth management policy in its latest newsletter. Designated development areas currently comprise only 5% of Albemarle County, while rural areas currently comprise 95% of the county. Yet we in Forest Lakes are seeing the developmental impacts more directly, since the limited development area includes the 29 corridor to the west of Forest Lakes. The Forest Lakes Community Association had argued against the nearby Brook Hill and RST developments and point out there's currently no public transportation in the area. Roads are planned that will eventually connect both developments directly to Ashwood Boulevard, with estimates of up to a 50% increase in daily traffic utilizing the Forest Lakes South Exit. Former members of the Village of Rivanna Community Advisory Committee also want people to fill out the survey. The group quit en masse in April, which you can read about on Information Charlottesville or on their Substack newsletter. This spring, the Planning Commission and the Board of Supervisors were presented with a build-out analysis to determine if there's enough room in the existing development area to meet a growing population. There's a link to two different stories about the Planning Commission review in the newsletter. Supervisors got an update on June 1st that I've yet to write about, but We'll try to before the end of the summer. In the meantime, you can watch the video of that meeting in a link in the newsletter and let me know what happened. It is a hot summer for big land use plans. 
Charlottesville is in the third phase of its Seville Plans Together initiative, which has already seen adoption of an affordable housing plan, as well as an updated comprehensive plan that gives more development rights to mostly every residential lot in the city. How those development rights will turn into future buildings will depend on the update of the city's zoning code. In June, the city released a Zoning Diagnostics and Approach Report. Here's Neighborhood Development Services Director James Fries speaking to the Charlottesville Planning Commission on July 12th. Basically a slate of ideas for how we can modify our zoning to implement the comprehensive plan that uh, you all and City Council adopted last November. The next step will be the development of a new frequently asked questions list based on input taken at a public forum in June. Our public feedback period lasts all the way through to the end of August. In early August, Fries said the city will release the Inclusionary Zoning and Market Analysis Report. The market analysis piece of that is the piece looking at how might our real estate development marketplace here in Charlottesville react to this new zoning. What can we expect in terms of the timing for new development, the types of new development that might happen, and where it might happen um, based on our existing market conditions and kind of what what we can know today. If you're interested in what's happening with the property market in Charlottesville, I track that information and we'll have a piece that paid Substack subscribers will get a first look at tomorrow. In the meantime, visit Information Charlottesville to catch up on monthly anecdotal reviews that go back to January of 2021. You are listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and in today's shout-out, it's for Charlottesville Community Engagement. Today is the second anniversary of this program. I posted the first episode to what's now become Information Charlottesville two years ago today. That first version is about five minutes long, but I decided to commit to putting something together on a regular basis so I could figure out how to do it as often as I could. I had produced the Charlottesville Quarantine Report since March of 2020 and wanted to branch out. I've been able to do this work thanks to a great number of people who have been supporting the work through Patreon. I'm grateful to those who would... I am so grateful to those who thought my return to local journalism would be worth funding, so I got to work as soon as I could. A few days after July 13th, 2020, I launched the Substack newsletter and this podcast because the delivery platform is so easy to use. This has brought in more revenue with many generous supporters who want me to produce as much information as I can about the items I've been covering for many years now. So this shout out is a thank you, but it's also a hope that if you've not opted to support the work yet, you might consider doing so at some point in the near future. I depend on subscriptions and Patreon contributions, as well as a couple of sponsorships. I'm looking to sustain the information that I'm producing and to continue serving the community. And that's what I'm hoping to get your support with. If you do subscribe through Substack, of course, the company Ting will match your initial payment. And I can't say how fantastic it is to have so many of you who have contributed because of that reason. Thanks so much. And with that, it's back to the work. Three segments to go today, and just a real quick segment here from a national level because it ties into what you're going to hear about from a lot of sources today, and I wanted to direct you to the original press release. There's a link in the newsletter. The United States Bureau of Labor Statistics today released the latest consumer price index, CPI, which indicates that the average cost of all tracked items has increased by 9.2% 
from June of 2021 to June of 2022. For the month, the CPI increased 1.3% over May. Energy costs increased 7.5% since May, with gasoline increasing 11.2%. When you exclude food and energy, the index rose 0.7% in June. All of these details are in a press release on the Bureau of Labor Statistics website. There's a link in the newsletter. Go and take a look, and, you know, it's good to look at the primary sources as often as you can. Earlier this month, Santara Healthcare announced nearly $5 million in funds for organizations across North Carolina and Virginia. Distributions from the Santara Healthier Communities Fund include several in the greater Charlottesville area. A press release that went out on July 6th says this. These investments will directly support programs and initiatives that address social determinants of health and promote health equity by eliminating traditional barriers to health and human services. The local groups that received the funds from the Santara Healthier Communities Fund include Brave Souls on Fire, the Charlottesville Redevelopment and Housing Authority, Common Ground Healing Arts, Habitat for Humanity of Greater Charlottesville, the Loaves and Fishes Food Pantry, Meals on Wheels of Charlottesville Albemarle, The Women's Initiative, Thomas Jefferson EMS Council, and Tour of Faith Mobile. A relatively new public health program to improve health for vulnerable community members will hold an event this Saturday morning to spread awareness of their work. Betsy Payton is the director of Well Aware, a partnership program between UVA Health, the Charlottesville Free Clinic, and Central Virginia Health Services, that seeks to serve medically underserved communities. We are um, an innovative new community health program that sends community health workers into people's homes to help connect them to better health care. Peyton said this includes neighborhoods such as Rose Hill and the 10th and Page neighborhood, as well as the Esmont area in southern Albemarle. Um, we chose these neighborhoods related to uh, health data. You know, it's highest rates of obesity, <clears throat> excuse me, stroke, um, highest rates of low acuity emergency room visits, so people going to the emergency room for things like a headache. Well Aware is intended to connect people to primary care physicians. Um, you know, we've signed a lot of people up for Medicaid who were scared to go to the doctor because they weren't sure how they would pay. We drive people to the doctor or provide free cabs to the doctor. Peyton said the organization also holds events to promote awareness of healthy lifestyles. And this Saturday, there's one coming up in central Charlottesville. So this event, we're partnering with Move to Health Equity, and um, it's going to be a, a big event in Washington Park called Healthy Streets and Healthy People. Peyton said the event will draw importance to the need for environmentally healthy streets. If you've, if you've looked at maps of Charlottesville and the region, um, the areas that have the least shade also have the worst health outcomes, are also the poorest and traditionally African-American neighborhoods. Um, and so part of our, you know, part of the mission of this event is to talk about more bikeability, more tree canopy, um, usable parks. This event takes place in Washington Park between 9 a.m. and 1 p.m. on Saturday. There will be a gentle walk-run with prizes, a field day event for kids, and gardening sessions where people can take home containers of potted herbs and vegetables. There will also be some general medical training. You can learn more in a link that's in the newsletter and an image. Take a look. 
And that's it for this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement. And now that this newsletter is two, I am going to begin to add a section here at the end that contains bits in the newsletter and the podcast, in part because I think they miss a lot that's in this part, and uh, I also forget to say things. Such as, beginning today, I will acknowledge that most of the music in the podcast is composed by an entity currently going by the name Vreki, or is it Reiki? He can direct me if he needs to. You can purchase the latest tracks on Bandcamp in an album that's called Regret Everything. If you're interested in a shout out, please do consider becoming a Patreon subscriber or drop me a line and we can find another way for you to help fund this program. It is crucial that I do find some more revenues. I'm sort of, I'm breaking even about right now, but it would be better to be able to plan for a future and to be able to hire more people to help bring you more information and to really transform this into something that will be lasting um, well into the future. That's my hope, at least. I am Sean Tubbs, the host of this program. Tomorrow, as I said, I'm hoping to get the transactions, property transactions from June out. Friday will be the next installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement. For the next few weeks, I'm going to be in different places, um, which is really interesting. So uh, there will be potentially different background sounds in the background. But for now, that's the end of this program. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. Please send this on to other people and happy birthday to us. Goodbye. Goodbye.